Hello and welcome. You're listening to Yaz and Ben. This podcast is brought to you by Novel Wines and each episode we're going to go above and beyond just wine. We're going into the stories and memories and food and drink and everything to do with wine. Uh, but before we dive in and meet our first guest, Eleanor, who's our new recruit at Novel Wines, Yaz, you've been to a few places recently. Tell us about your travels. Yes, I've just come back from a couple of months traveling around the world, um, popped over to India, uh, a couple nice. of other places <laughs> and ended in New Zealand where I did some homework, oh, you'll be happy to know. Yeah, yeah. what did you try? I tried um, a few lovely wines in the Marlborough uh, region ah, of New Zealand nice. yeah. um, on a tandem bike, um, which is very fun. <laughs> um, a Petit Mansing, I want to say. Oh, uh, yeah, very nice. Was, I think, oh, my favourite. Very, yeah, yeah. very nice. Kind yeah. of honeyed and rich. and. Mm, yeah, I think I've nice. got a taste for sweeter, sweeter wines. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, very but nice. But lots of wines to explore and discover with the novel wines the new podcast lovely um so yeah super and what about an indian wine did you manage to try an indian wine i'm not gonna lie ben the uh, <laughs> the budget yeah uh, as a freelancer you know it doesn't stretch that far um so i saw it on the menu and yep. some sula which i believe you stock yeah we do yeah got some um, lovely but yeah didn't actually manage saw people trying it they looked happy but yeah not myself unfortunately mm. Ah, next time. Next time. Always next time. Great. So we're going to dive in and we're going to meet Eleanor, who's the brand new recruit at Novel Wines, who's going to make us into a proper business. So, yeah, we'll catch you on the other side. Okay. So, yeah, as Ben mentioned, we've got Eleanor, the newest face or voice of the Novel Wines family. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you will be doing. Um, so I'm going to be doing a really wide range of things. Uh, I've been taken on as an intern um, and hopefully just going to help turn Novel Wines into a business. Um, but yeah, so far I've met some really brilliant people um, and I'm looking forward to meeting more along the way and learning more about business and wine as I do so. Yeah, the Novel Wines team are notoriously bad planners. So <laughs> inviting someone like Eleanor along is going to make our lives a lot better. And also we'll be able to spend more time introducing some great wines to all the wine lovers out there. So Eleanor is going to be worth her weight in gold in the coming months. So it sounds pretty good. And one particular thing we've all got in common is that we love wine, especially Definitely. around this table. Um, so when and where did your sort of love of wine come from? Um, I think thinking back, um, my mum's um, always been very into wine. She used to work in wine. Um, I used to work with the Sherry Institute. Um, so kind of having been in that sort of household um, and it being sort of slowly introduced as something that you really enjoy and you're not just drinking for the sake of getting drunk um, I think that's where it sort of started um, and yeah yeah I definitely think family have a big impact Um, my nan is Spanish I know you lived in Spain for a little bit um, and yeah, every meal time, there's you know a nice bottle of red or two on the table, <laughs> um, and it's sort of a culture thing in Spain and, and Europe where you know you you're drinking, you're eating, but it's slowly it's savouring yeah. it and the food and the wines and everything like it's that. Far more social, isn't it? So I mean, do, do you remember the first wine you ever tried? Because my parents introduced me to Jacob's Creek Grenache, so I didn't have the best start in the <laughs> wine world. What about you? Is it a um, I can't say the first. I remember I w- was allowed like a little taste at Christmas and. Stuff stuff um but I really didn't like it at the time um and I couldn't say what age I started to go like oh actually this is quite nice um but I know she's definitely introduced me to some really nice wine since and whenever I go back home she's like lined up a bottle ready for me to try which is always really nice I look forward to it a lot 
I definitely think your taste buds, as you get older, well, they change and they develop. So, you know, since working with Novel Wines and the Wine Wizard, that is Ben Franks, <laughs> my taste buds are definitely um, <laughs> developed and changed. And I can now actually, you know, appreciate wine. We've done videos before where we've mm. learned about, you know, the different parts and components to wine. And now I take that home and, you know, we discuss that around the table and, and things like that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but bringing a wine to a table and it being part of the conversation and not just being something you drink in front of the television. It's, yeah. you know, it's special. You get to share it, which is why our list features some quite unusual stuff. But do you have like a favourite wine, Eleanor, that you would go back to? Um, just sticking on the sort of Spanish theme as yeah. well, I tend to say Alvarino. Um, and my mum often has one of those waiting for me when I fly back. Um, but yeah, having something like that where, especially if I find one in the UK, I'll bring it back to my flatmates and I'll be able to say like, oh, this is the one that my mum usually has ready for me. And again, it's starting that conversation and you pour it out for everyone. And it's not just it's not just being knocked out without thought. People are thinking about it. You've told them, you've introduced it. You probably know a little about bit about the grape variety and it really adds to the whole dinner party situation it's nice very nice and what about you yes favorite wine oh gosh now you're really you've got to say one of mine obviously <laughs> the um well i can't stop thinking about the uh the thai sweet wine that oh, we yeah. tried with the blue cheese very nice that's honestly one of my favorite memories from novel wine so far mm. um, <laughs> and also that smoky red um i think was it a sula it was a well? sula yeah, yeah. yeah yeah because i just it sort of blew my mind the way that the different flavors it was almost like sort of barbecuey mm. um flavors coming through there which i'd never experienced in a wine before um my parents they're not you know the most i <laughs> saw usually a shiraz of some sort of jacob's creek hardy something like yeah, that yeah. so i can't sounds you familiar. know sounds it's what I, they... I mean there's it's interesting because there's nothing wrong with those wines nowadays make people make uh, great wine but of things like sula they're so special they're like the next step and sula for any listeners who don't know is our Indian Shiraz uh, made in Maharashtra. And Kerry Damsky has made that to go with food. So it's really smoky and slightly sweet. So it goes beautifully with curry. So it's a proper, proper Indian wine. That definitely. And what I love about novel wines is that, like you say, it's exciting, it's new, it's wines, weird and wonderful from around the world, mm. which is changing the way people view wines and the way people drink wine and i think That's it's opening <laughs> up to a yeah it's opening up to a new uh, audience as well yeah oh, brilliant and so talking about travel and different countries and things eleanor you're quite well traveled aren't you where, where, have, where have you been recently um <laughs> recently um well my friend invited me to portugal for her birthday in easter yeah. which was really nice drank a lot of nice wine there <laughs> <laughs> um what about, because uh, you grew up in Belgium and Spain, didn't you? So mm. what, what was Belgium like? You mentioned Spain. Um, Belgium, not a lot of wine. <laughs> it was mainly more beer, chocolate and frites. But yeah, Belgium was a good place to grow up with. In. Mm. Um, I'm glad I did it sort of that way around. So Belgium first and then Spain when I was more <laughs> able to appreciate the wine and tapas and stuff. Well, yeah. I'm definitely pitching for a novel wine worldwide wine tour so oh well uh, you might have to give me a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) i'll plan something it'll be great it'll be a booze trip we'll we'll have fun (laughs) um so what about uh, in terms of where you'd like to go next do you have like somewhere that you've always wanted to go 
And is it a wine country? That's the question. Oh, I do have a trip booked to Indonesia soon. Oh, very nice. Um, I don't think that's much of a wine country <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Um, but what, think, why Indonesia? What attracts you about that? Um, I've never been to sort of like Asia, never mind Southeast Asia. Um, and it just seemed like a really different place to anywhere I've traveled. Hmm. Um, and I do enjoy the challenge of like planning stuff and like discovering new cultures. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, nice. But yeah, one in Europe though. I've never been to Greece, oh, and I, I feel like I really need a trip to Greece, especially after trying some of the Greek wines at the London Wine Fair. Yeah, because that was quite a big revelation for me. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so yeah. that I'm... needs to be as a wine holiday or yeah. as a general sort of European holiday. That needs to be on my list. And they have amazing food. Greece. Have you no, been I've to never, Greece? I've yes? never been to Greece. No, oh. it's definitely on the list. Yeah, I, I think everyone should go to Greece because it's very relaxed, uh, as they're well known, and uh, some beautiful Greek wines, very, very fruity, very easy to drink, uh, and delicious food. And if you're going to have wine and food, Greece is like Italy, one of those places where you could just spend a holiday uh, eating and drinking, yeah. which is sounds yeah, ideal. Perfect, right? yeah, perfect holiday, yeah. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Bit of sea air as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely. Uh, beach holidays, sea kayaking, all that sort of stuff. Gorgeous area. So, um, okay. I mean, in terms of travel and wine, what do you think the differences are between Europe and the UK, having lived in both? Ooh, in terms of wine culture I think you touched on it earlier um both of you like sort of sitting down and actually enjoying the wine as part of the meal mm. um that it's an extra element of what's on the table rather than that you've got your meal and then you've got your drinks it's almost like you have you know various dishes on the table and the wine is another one of those dishes so it's all like paired quite well and obviously I'm not saying we don't do that in the UK but there is much more of a culture of doing that in places like France and Spain yeah. um, so and I think that's definitely something we can learn from yeah and my mum always says you know she can't really drink red wine without having something to nibble yeah. so it's almost like an excuse to have something nice on the table as you know as, as other than the wine to nibble and just get that experience but here in the UK we're um we are starting aren't we to sort of see a real emergence of British English wines come out yeah what do you think that's gonna sort of take us to in the future well what I quite like is uh, a lot of wine stuff is led very much by food so you'll see that a cafe culture popping up everywhere I mean I'm sure especially if you live in Bath and Bristol you've seen cafes pop up nearly on every corner so as people are starting to go out and just have those smaller meals smaller snacks go out for drinks all that sort of thing people are looking for that experience of wine and food so with English wine blowing up as it has recently um, you know there's over 500 vineyards now in the UK oh, producing wow. amazing wine world-class sparkling wine lovely roses white wines is you're just having more people willing to try it because people are getting more experimental you know mm. we have this brilliant multicultural food in the UK that you don't yeah. have in Europe so that's one thing we're doing really well which is why when you walk into a wine shop in the UK you'll find hundreds of countries and you walk into a wine shop in France and you'll find French wine so one thing that we do really well which puts us in a good place going forward is that diversity of all these delicious beautiful wines that we can try and that's led by people experimenting with their food and being more confident so thinking about delicious food I want to share what my favourite food is recently. 
which is ramen. And I'm quite a late convert to ramen. Are you ramen fans? Being Asia high up on your list? I feel like I've eaten a lot of ramen. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, yeah. Yeah, but it's that kind of... What about you, Elena? I'm I'm still... I've I've had it a few times and I've really Mm. enjoyed it. But it's still still not something that I crave or I'll think like, oh, I really fancy ramen today. Mm. And maybe that'll come because every time I have had it, it's been really nice. So I don't know why that's not, I'm not quite converted yet. Tell you what people need to do. They need to have a really spicy ramen and have a lovely bottle of Austrian Gruner Veltliner with it because that is zesty and peppery and works yeah, so yeah. beautifully. And isn't that so brilliant? Really like a, a European wine with yeah. like Asian food turns exactly, out to be a perfect yeah. combo. Yeah, no, that you could have the Chinese making Bordeaux wines that go beautifully with all the Western grub as well. So there's a big fusion of cultures going on that's quite incredible. I really like it. Yeah, so I think something to celebrate and have a yeah. glass of wine. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More reasons to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. So we're going to play a little game, Eleanor. Uh, so I'm going to let Yaz introduce this awesome new game we've come Yes, with. this awesome new game. We're in the world. So what it is, is we have a bottle of wine from the Brilliant Novel Wines. Um, and your task is to guess, well, where in the world. <laughs> um, you're not going to be able to see the bottle. So it's purely a taste test. Yeah. So exactly. putting your taste buds to the test. So I'm going to help you uh, with the tasting. So we're going to say what we think. And then if you guess right first time, you go on our Tasted of Fame board. Oh, exciting. Yes, exactly. It sounds uh, like a very straightforward task, but um, <laughs> I can tell it's not going to be so easy. It might be quite challenging. But if you don't get it right first time, we're going to ask you two pub trivia questions. And if you get the answer correct, uh, we'll give you a clue. So we'll give you a clue about the country. And then hopefully, within three guesses, you'll manage to guess where in the world. Where in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'm going to pour this out then. Lovely. Thank you very much. There's already been a spillage and we haven't had anything to drink yet. (laughs) So we're using the isotype wine glass, which means we can pour to the widest point. We can swirl it around, we can smell it, we can see the colour very nicely. Uh, so let's start with the colour, because obviously our viewers can't see this, so how would you describe it? Um, yeah, so it looks quite pale. Um, from here, I don't know if it's the light, but almost like a green tinge. Yeah, a little bit of a green tinge, yeah. What do you think it smells like? No wrong answers, we can say wine, uh, <laughs> just to break the Definitely ice. wine. Um, it's very fresh. Mm. Kind of floral, a little. Would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely say floral. Get any fruit? What do you think, Eleanor? I can't can't pick out a specific fruit. Yeah. I want to say apple, but I'm not sure. Apple, yeah, yeah. yeah? I would go apple, like a bruised, kind of very ripe red apple. So we're getting a little bit of warmth. So if you're smelling quite ripe fruit, you're getting a bit of warm temperature in there. So we're thinking maybe a bit of sunshine, hopefully. Okay, have a taste, because 60% of what you smell uh, is what you taste. So give it a taste, and then hopefully we'll pick up a little bit more. So once you've tried it, just first thing that comes in your head. I was going to ask if we were doing that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Slurping a bit of air, (laughs) just get, you know, the flavours wake up a little bit. 
bit of oxygen uh, it's there. almost like a honeyed finish yeah definitely kind of got a bit of weight yeah it's sweet but then it has that yeah that mm. weight behind it yeah it's kind of that fruit sweetness though isn't mm. it like ripeness what do you think good acidity though yeah <laughs> okay so Has it got lime question yeah lime definitely yeah, lime citrus you get lime a little bit as well kind of that real mediterranean mm. kind of really zippy juicy lime <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, gotta give a few clues <laughs> okay so shot in the dark can you get on the tasters of fame um <laughs> i'm gonna go greece as a first that is a good first guess because it is actually greek <laughs> <laughs> got it in one. Oh, wow. what, what what made oh. you think greece apart from my cheeky clues um, <laughs> i mean yeah the mediterranean was was a big clue <laughs> cut it down a little bit but um i think Oh, I really like it. I don't know if it's one of the ones that I've actually tried before or not. Yeah, you haven't tried this one before. Okay, well, <laughs> I will be drinking more of it. Yeah, I like it. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, so for me, the giveaway is the ripeness of the fruit because it tastes almost like sugar. Yeah, as you said, a bit of sweetness. Yeah. So yeah. it's that sugar, but also the juiciness. So the citrus isn't austere. It's kind of juicy, like a juicy lime rather than a really painful yeah. catch in the back of the fruit. Um, the alcohol is noticeable, but not too high. Um, so you tend to have lots of sea influence if you've got lower alcohol coming through. And the place that has loads of lovely Greek islands is Greece, cause <laughs> obviously. Um, but the wine you were trying is the Semele, so it's the Feast Mosto Falero. Uh -huh. 2017, so nice and young and fruity. Yeah. Um, and a delicious wine with goat's cheese. I was going to say, what would you would you pair this with? Definitely go all feta with, actually. Yeah. With fish at all? It would go with fish, but something a bit like oilier. A salmon or something like, like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah okay. something, something nice and oily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, salmon would go really well, and you could chop a bit of like pepper and peas and all those mm. sort of things Ooh. in there, and that would go really well. Oh, nice. Especially as we're coming to summer, it's always good to mm -hmm. yeah. pre-plan a little bit. Yeah, good summer wine, this one, definitely. I know what I'll be entertaining mm -hmm. with next time. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And it's under a tenner as well, so it's a good wine. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bargain. And that's available on the website. Available on the website, yep. Novelwines.co.uk. Can't miss a plug, so <laughs> give it a go if you like the sound Perfect. of it. But well done on that. I was, yeah, yeah. you know, that's amazing. So, I mean, first time. I've impressed myself, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very first guest, very first taste of fame. Love oh, it. Well, I, I was looking it. forward to Perfect. the trivia question, so <laughs> I missed out on them. <laughs> Uh, well, you have to come back. <laughs> we'll give you another go. Uh, brilliant. So, a lot of expectation for the next guest to fill, really. Yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, before we wrap up, our last section is going to be Ask the Expert. So, of course, our expert is the wine wizard, Ben. Uh, so, we do two questions from the community, which is you guys at home. Please do get in touch via socials or whatnot on, on the website. And the first question is... The best place to store wine? That's a very good question. I mean, a lot of people would store wine in their kitchen, which is probably the worst place you can store wine. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason for that is you basically want consistency. So if you don't have a wine fridge that can hold a consistent temperature, you want to find the place in your house, flat, wherever, that's the most consistent. So it's got to be uh, cool and dark if you can, 
but generally not too much temperature variation. So the kitchen is the worst place because you're turning the oven off and on all the time, so it's going up and down, up and down. Um, the fridge is too cold, uh, so maybe if you got somewhere under the stairs or you've got a basement or a cellar or something, or just the corner the furthest away from the radiator in the room, and just make sure you keep the temperature pretty consistent. That's the best place to store your wine. Okay, expert advice there. <laughs> and we'll do that at home, try and find a cold, well, settled temperature. Yeah, settled corner of the house yeah. if you don't have a wine cellar. to <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> keep your wine. Perfect. Next question, and something I've always wondered, though, perhaps not necessarily a problem once you open a bottle of wine, <laughs> how long, if you have any left, should you wait to, to drink it or before it goes no good? Yeah, so this I get this question a lot, and people often think red wine lasts the longest. Mm-hmm. It's actually white wine. So uh, uh, whenever you open any wine, put it in the fridge if you want it to last, including red. You just bring it out half an hour before you drink it, but put it in the fridge because then you stop. Basically, the warmer uh, the wine is, the quicker it will go off. Um, and white wine in the fridge will last about five days uh, before it starts getting a little bit undrinkable. Red wine, two to three days, depending on the red, how many polyphenols and skins and all the rest of it is in there. Uh, And sparkling wine, you'll be lucky if it's still good the next day, unfortunately. (laughs) Even if you put a spoon in it, unfortunately that doesn't Uh... work. (laughs) Um, But a good port, because you've got a lot of sugar in the wine, or a good sherry with a lot of sugar, um, and a lot of alcohol will last a bit longer. So, you know, one to two weeks where it'll be really good, and then it'll probably be drinkable for a good while after that as well. And how do you tell? Is it purely the taste? You think, oh, no, can't use that. Yeah, so you'll start losing fruit. So the first thing you'll notice, if you drink it after you just opened it, loads of fruit. If Even if you wait till the next day or the day after, a little bit of fruit is gone. It might be that it softens a little bit, less tannin, all that sort of thing, which is quite nice. Um, but you'll lose fruit the longer it's open. So if you've ever tasted red wine after a week, you'll have everything but fruit. So tannin, dustiness, all that sort of stuff, okay. and no fruit flavour. Uh, so it starts tasting a bit like vinegar, um, which is no good, really. Still good for cooking, though, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, at that point, is it bye-bye, or can you use it for, for cooking? Yeah, yeah, cooking it will last a bit longer. I mean, if you're cooking something extra special, always use a fresh bottle of wine, because you'll get the wine flavour in there. But if you're just looking for a bit of acidity pick-me-up, then uh, an older bottle is fine, definitely. Okay. Well, there we are. (laughs) Questions there. Take note, guys, at home. Um, And then the third and final question is actually from our lovely guest in the studio. So over to you. Yeah, so we've talked about sort of travel um, in relation to wine and sort of memories and drinking wine with family. Um, But do you think the taste of wine changes when we're on holiday? Uh, In the... Interestingly, it doesn't. But what does change is the context. So our kind of reception to the wine will change massively if you're drinking something where it's sunny and you have good company and good friends and you're actually relaxed you're more receptive to the good side of wine if you're you know high stress and things are bothering you and maybe you're on your own and you just fancy a glass it's gonna taste different so a lot of wine drinking is context it's the same reason wine changes with food sometimes it's because it complements sometimes it's just because of the company in the room that a wine match can work um the best thing is to open a bottle with people you like because if you're in good company almost anything will taste pretty good 
Absolutely. I think some of the best wines I've had have been either with my closest friends yeah. or in the sun on an icy front. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. If you want to drink good wine, put yourself in a good place and you will drink some good wine. Definitely. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Well, that is the end of our very first podcast. Thanks to Eleanor for joining us as our first ever special for guest. Having me. My pleasure. And also thanks to Kat from Gradino who produced this episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, keep an ear out for the next uh, Grapevine podcast. Definitely. Yeah, I've been Ben and... I've been Yaz. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye.